Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. All right, all right, ladies and gentlemen. This is Lorenzo Elvis Murphy, Compton Politics, live tonight on Monday. We have a special guest. That's Dynamite. She has a lot of great information. It goes along with what we've been talking about for the last nine weeks with the pharmaceutical drugging and uh, foster care and the veterans and the kids and all this old compound politics mess, which, you know, you know, you got that new compound politics thing going on with the Suge Knight thing. So what y'all think about that? You know, I just want to just bring that out because, you know, that's what happened in Compton. Uh, I want to give it up to T25CL.com, Galaxy Talk Radio, Worldwide Distribution. This is Lorenzo Elvis Murphy. Tonight we're going to be talking about um, subjects about the foster care, what went on in foster care. We have a special guest tonight that's going to really give you uh, valid information uh, of her life situations. Uh, when I met her this morning, uh, I was really excited because her story goes along with uh, what we've been talking about, about foster care, the kids, and, and what goes on behind closed doors. And, well, it's like it's like the slave trade in a way. And uh, I'm happy to have this guest. Her name is Dr. Stewart, calling from up out of, coming up out of Los Angeles, California. I'm happy to have her. Uh, I'm just going to let her just lay it all on the line for you. You know what I mean? You know what country politics is about? It's about getting the right information from the right people. Like I said, she is the icing on the cake of this last ninth week of the subjects of uh, foster care, the pharmaceutical and drugging of our youths, veterans. And uh, Dr. Dr. Stewart, how are you? Hi, how you doing? I'm good. I'm, good. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. It's blessed to have you on the I'm show tonight. Blessed. You know, I'm like I was telling the people out there that I'm very happy. It's a, it's a blessing to have you on my show. Uh, you actually are a person that went through what we've been talking about, and that's what I love about my show. I can actually find, go seek and find a person that went through at least the issues that, that's going on out here, what we talk about. You really, you, you really don't find shows that can go find a person that uh, uh, that's going through the issues, that's been through the issues, and now then, then uh, bounce back from that. And, and it became... Uh, a special person to come back to save lives back in our communities. And she has a lot of, uh, from what I can understand, she has a lot of answers. She knows a lot of things that people have been asking questions last week. Where is this help? Where is that help? Um, Dr. Stewart, uh, how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm blessed. Right. I'm so thankful for this uh, opportunity to be able to share my story and the information that I've obtained for the years that I've worked um, with foster youth and out-of-home care youth, probation youth, at-risk youth. I've been working in the field for about eight years now, so um, I've obtained a lot, gone to school, learned more um, to help with education comes liberation. So 
I'm very thankful um, for this opportunity to be able to share so that others can grow and learn um, and be able to heal through their circumstances. Yes, yes, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Compton Politics, Lorenzo Elvis Murphy. We have Dr. Stuart Colomapata, Los Angeles, California, very well educated. Uh, she has her, I'm just going to say the abbreviations of this stuff, but, you know, uh, she's a, she has an MACC and an MSW and a PhD, and she went to the, hard, the School of Hard Knocks, and she's been there and done that. So I want you to... I want you to ask you tonight, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I want you to listen with your eyes and I want you to see with your ears tonight. You understand what I'm saying? Let me say that one more time. I want you to hear with your eyes and I want you to see with your ears tonight because Dr. Stewart is going to let it out on you. She's going to give you her story. And I'm going to just go ahead and say this is Company Politics, T25CL, Galaxy Talk Radio. Dr. Stewart, it's your floor. Uh, let's just trying to kind of, you know, feel good about it, say what you got to say, let the world know what you feel, tell the truth on the man. Uh, you can change some lives, and at the same time, uh, uh, let's do what you do. This is your time. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lorenzo, for this opportunity. Thank you, T25CO.com, Galaxy Talk Radio, Compton Politics, for this opportunity today. I want to kind of reflect back on something and kind of talk about what has happened to me throughout my time in foster care because I was in foster care um, from the age of 4 to 17. That was there for some time. When I reflect back, I think about what I would have wanted somebody to say to me. What would I have wanted for someone to tell or teach me about life? So I wanted to touch on oh, the point in my life that helped me to get through the system and become that 1% that society says only make it through, only the 1%. And I do have my master's in Christian counseling. That's what the MACC stands for, my master's in social work from the University of Southern California, and also my Ph.D. also from the same program that I did for my MACC which is in Christian counseling. So I've endured, I've had determination, motivation, education, and communication. Those were the key points that was able to help me to get through. I remember as a child all the things that I endured and some of the scars that I still physically have to this day, like, for instance, the scars of hammer toes because I was forced to wear shoes that didn't fit. I remember in school hall, all I wanted to be was just normal like the the rest of the youth. I wanted to fit in. I remember wearing hand-me-down clothes even through the state, even though the state provided for me or provided funds for me, I didn't get what I needed because the money was going towards the caregiver and her needs. My body became trained to the cold weather because I didn't want to wear this ugly, I remember this ugly pink floor-length, 1970s parka, here it is, we're in the 80s, and I was like, I did not want to wear that jacket. I didn't <laughs> me, okay? And I remember wearing it right out of her eyes of view because she could see as far when we would be walking in school, and I would take it off even in the cold, in the cold rain. 
I would be wearing no sleeves all the way to school. I remember walking six miles from Compton to Gardena High School because we lived off of uh, Maine and Rosecrans, and I would walk all the way to Gardena High School, which is six miles, seven miles away um, in the rain and getting to school soaking wet, but I was not wearing that ugly coat. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Okay, and I remember never being told I love you. You know, those are some things that children want to hear and always staying inside. And for any little thing I, I did, I was always labeled as the mentally unstable child and that I would be like my, my mother who did have a mental illness. And I remember when I was in uh, middle school, I was about 13 years old, my 13th birthday, and she pulled me into the garage and told me that any minute now that my mind would snap like my mother's did. And I remember, you know, looking up at the ceiling, you imagine being 13 years old and you just wondering all day long, okay, when is my mind going to snap or how does that feel or you know, am I supposed to feel something? I'm supposed to have a headache. You know, you, all these things are going through your mind at 13 years old. And I hated myself. I hated God. I was always trying to figure out why was I created? Why did I have to go through this? Why did I have to live in such hatred? Because I had endured the physical abuse and the mental abuse and the verbal abuse and emotional abuse and sexual abuse and all these things. And I couldn't understand at the time, but now I understand because um, of being able to help those who are, are going through that situation. And my brother and my sister, they lived in the same home with me, and I was lucky to have them for some time. However, my brother, uh, he could no longer endure the abuse and ran away, and my sister got into a physical altercation with the foster mom. So she was removed and sent to, at the time, it was called McLaren Hall. Um, which is equivalent to juvenile hall, and I didn't want to go there. My sister would tell me about all the things that would go down there, and I was like, you know, I didn't want to be there. So I just endured. I conformed to what was going on in a foster home and just lived there. I just wanted to be normal, you know, to have a family, but that came with a price, and the price was my self-worth, my self-esteem, my self-awareness, those type of things, and but little did I know that my endurance would be a hindrance in my life. You endure those type of things, and you don't know how it affects your life as you grow into adulthood. Your childhood, things that you go through affect your adulthood. Everything we do is a cause and effect, and many people don't know that, even people not living in um, care. They don't understand the things that we do affect um, our children. And then it affects them as they grow into young adults. Um, But that was my reality, and I was determined to make it. And I went through school barely making grades. I love to read and write. Reading a book was like going on a vacation because I got to get away. I listened to music, and I would dance. I remember that, and I would just put on the music and just dance, and it would always take me to a place like as I would see on TV. And these were my peace zones. And in psychology, what we call that is coping. I knew I wanted to be great. I just didn't know what. I remember saying that I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to own a house and have this big American dream with a husband and 2.5 kids. You know, of children, we all had these white picket fence dreams when we were growing up. Right, um, right. It was constantly shattered or crushed. 
and she would always tell me, you're never going to be nothing, you stupid, you dumb, you ugly, you crazy like your mama. You know, to say that to a child constantly all the time, the child begins to believe those things. And I dare not say anything to her because then I would get hit. And I knew I was going to be something. I remember fighting back and forth with that phrase, and many choices that I made in school was based on that tug of war that I had in my mind. And I remember when it was time to apply for college, she didn't even want to help me, my foster parent. She told me it just didn't even matter. I wouldn't be anything anyway, but what was good for laying on my back. And I was, you know, sometimes I have to take a break because sometimes um, you go through a healing process and you go through different things in life and you do get healed from it. But those are scars, emotional scars, and they hurt, you know. Yes, yes, yes. That's right. I mean, you know, I'm listening to your story. I'm just sitting here with my mouth wide open uh, because it's like I'm, I'm just feeling, you know, because you was like kind of me what I went through. I was the person that went through it. I'm the one that felt the pain. I'm the one that's seen things that have control over. And I can just imagine the other women or the other, you know, boys out there right now as we speak uh, that's going through something, that's hearing your story, uh, even the ones that haven't heard the broadcast yet. But uh, it's just very enlightening what you're saying. And uh, what, through all that, I mean, it's kind of like when I was a kid. I always wanted to be a grown-up. Every time I got around my cousins and my uncles and stuff, having fun, cracking jokes and stuff, I always see myself as, oh, I can't wait till I turn 18. I can't wait till I, I can get a car. I can get a house. I, you know what I mean? I can, even, I can drink a beer or two. You know what I mean? So after, mm-hmm. at the time, uh, what you were going through at the time. What is it like? I'm, I'm hearing you saying you had dreams and, and hopes and, and, and feelings and stuff about stuff, but what is it that really kept kept your determination of just really knowing that um, that God was going to lead you uh, 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 to another path after this this storm? You know what I mean? What made you just really? And after I, after you asked that question, I mean, we got a lot of calls tonight, so you know. It's going to be on the of these questions. Uh, but what is it that really, really just kept you going? You know, you see what was going on with your brother and your sister. They couldn't take the pressure. What made you humble at this young age to not let you lose it like your family knows? Then I'm going to go to the callers after that because this is Compton Politics, T25Steel.com, Galaxy Talk Radio. Come on, Dr. Stewart, can you answer that question for me? Then I'm going to go to the questions because we got a lot of callers tonight. You know, one of the things that I learned in the late, great Bishop Carl W. Stewart said that birds of a feather flock together, and if you run with the lamb, you learn how to limp. So I my, the friends that I associated myself with, all of them, and although my grades were, they weren't as great because when you're going through different things, I'm not thinking about A plus B equals C. I'm not thinking about that. I'm thinking about where I'm going to live, you know, or what's going to happen right. to me kind of what was on my mind, but I still knew that I was going to be something and I wasn't going to be what, you know, what my foster parent was telling me, I wasn't going to be anything. Yes, I was going to be something. So there's something called a level of resiliency that is placed in all of us that I had because at the time I didn't believe God. You know, I didn't wow. know that. I didn't, he was not present in my life. I hated God. I, I was like, why in the world would you put me through this? you know, to have this person treat me like this or be in this type of care. But the friends that I associated myself with, they believed God, and they would tell me 
positive things and, and tell me about God and that he loved me. They would tell me that all the time and it didn't matter what I was going through, you know, that God was always there and he would never leave me, you know, forsake me. Like my friends, they were the ones who and put that into me constantly, giving me hugs and, and everything, and they cared about life. And they had dreams and aspirations, and together was like, okay, we, we have a future. We're going to be something, you know, and I didn't know what it was going to be like. And in my senior year, um, that's when I was removed from um, the, her home because things got a, um, out of hand. I remember she had um, physically hurt me. And so it wasn't just like what we called back in the day, just like spanking or something like that. I mean, she really physically hurt me. And I was removed from the home, and then I went into uh, college. So I actually started college while I was still in high school. So that way, and I was on probationary period because, mind you, my grades were kind of up and down. Right, right, right. What school did you go to at that time? From my undergrad, I went to Cal State Dominguez Hills. It was close to Gardena High School, so I was able to catch the bus and go to school at the same time. And I really remember I was like, oh, I'm doing something because I'm I'm more than what she said that I was because now I'm in college and high school at the same time. You know, right, right, right. It was a, a stepping stone for me to move into something great. And, you know, I always say that, that maybe that's one of the reasons why I did my, my master's and my Ph.D. at the same time. Because that's what you know, because you knew, because you knew how to do that. You knew how to do that. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. what we're going to do, we're going to go to these callers right now, because I'm saying this line, these lines are hot. I'm looking at this right now. I'm going to go to the first caller. Listen, everybody. We have one question right now, and one question only, please, because I will mute you if you go overboard with this company politics. I'm just being real with y'all tonight. We got a lot of people on the line. I want to get everybody to get a turn. We can go wrong tonight if we want to. Because we're trying to get all this information out, trying to communicate to help people. I'm going to go to this first caller. Hold on, this moment. Hello, hello. This is Compton Politics. Who's calling in? Uh, do you have any questions for Doctor Stewart tonight? Don't be shy. Hi, my name is Alondra. Go ahead. Hi, what's your name again? My name's Alondra. Okay. Hi. Um, Hi, I I was in foster care pretty much the same time as her, from fourteen to about seventeen and a half, eighteen. Wow. So, what's your question for the guest? What's your question? Do you have any questions, or you want to just say something? You know. Um, I just, I just want to say, like, yeah, she, she pretty much took the words right out of my mouth. Like, uh, she explained it just how it is. Like, it's really hard, um, not having a family and not being loved and all that good stuff. Um, um, wow. Yeah, school was really hard because um, you were constantly teased. Like, um, unlike her, I had no friends, really. Um, I was constantly teased and just just mistreated at school, got in fights just because girls didn't like the way I looked and and that I didn't have a mother or a father or anything like that. Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty difficult, but... How are you think, doing now? How are you doing now? That's the whole question. Well, how are you making it today? Okay. Uh, I am 18 years old right now. 
Um, I got out of the system and went to transitional housing. Wow. Uh, That's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you attending, attending college? Are you going to college? Uh, yes. I, I, I'm attending um, Santa Monica College in my second semester. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I don't. Um, honestly, I don't know what I want to do right now, but I know I want to be something. Exactly. You know what? You know what? I'm so glad you're calling in. That's why we have this young lady on the line. She got a lot of information. I just would you like to answer her real quick so we go to the next guest? But I mean, she just yeah, the magic word right there. Um, I did want to say, and I wanted to encourage her because education is so important, and anything you do. Because college, even though you may not know exactly what you want to do right now, that's the beauty of college because you can take a class in nursing, you can take a class in anthropology, you can take a class in history till you find out who you are. And then while you're taking those classes in college, you need to go to some type of therapy. You need to be in there and counseling because the things that affected you during that time when you were in school are going to affect you as an adult. So you have to deal with those unresolved issues, you know, otherwise you're not going to be able to completely function while you're there in college. So I want you yes. to take that into consideration and take that very seriously. Uh, college is a wonderful place. And uh, do you know about the Chafee grants and scholarships and, you know, all those type of things that stand locked in with your social worker and your IOP coordinator and making sure that you're constant contact with them. You have to contact them for all of your needs. You have to do it. You can't expect for them to do it. You have to call in and do it. So are you in wow. contact with the IOP coordinator? Um, yeah, I, w- I was doing all of that. Well, yeah, I, w- I actually wanted to get AB12 while I was in transitional housing, but I realized that I couldn't do that. Oh, and okay. I also want to say uh before we got into that i also wanted to say that you're exactly right like i i I needed to be in therapy because what happened my first semester um i was diagnosed with a a moderate depression and um and adhd and at the ending of my first semester it all spiked at the same time and i i I couldn't do it wow the thing that i would say because I'm I'm very because uh, I deal with the holistic approach. That's why I do Christian Christian counseling. But I would I would get a second opinion about your label as far as ADHD or ADD because when you're going through a traumatic experience, especially as your brain is developing, because your brain doesn't the prefrontal lobe doesn't develop until you're 25 years old. So imagine that if you're dealing with a trauma or grief and loss and changes, your brain is not going to develop at the same rate or same rate as a child who doesn't go through those types of situations, okay? Wow, that wow. That's it mean that you are now, you have an attention deficit disorder. It means that I'm, I've gone through traumatic experience and I can't think, you know, or I am depressed. It doesn't mean I have those type of symptoms going on, then they put you on this medication and make you lethargic and all these other kind of things, and then you really can't think. So I would want to you deal with the grief and loss because going through care, you really have to deal with grief and loss. Your parents not having your mom, not having if you have siblings, 
you have to deal with all of that. And then on top of it, if you're in a relationship, dealing with that. And it's like a lot of different things on top of right. other things. Right. It necessarily mean you need drugs to be able to stay yourself. Remember, drugs are the thing that kind of, it's like a Band-Aid. just covers it up for a second, but eventually the tape or the elasticity of that Band-Aid is going to run out. The sticky yeah. stuff is going to come off that Band-Aid. It's going to come off of it. Then what? You're going to continue to keep covering things up with drugs? That's not what yeah. you want to do. You want to be able to heal from your unresolved issues and deal with your grief and deal with the loss. And the grieving process is different for everybody. Some people All right. For a year, some people may grieve for two years. Some people may grieve for three years. The process is different for everyone. So you want to make oh. sure that you stay in, in therapy and go, if you don't go, uh, not to impute my beliefs, but if you go to church or believe in the higher power, those type of things, that's important because Jesus, when I found him, that's when I was able to get complete healing for my situation and for myself. Because that's I right relationships and getting into situations and I was finding people who mirror image my foster mom, which means I was getting into domestic violence relationships because if they didn't hit me, that means they didn't love me. Right, 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 right. Those things in order to move forward. So I just want to encourage that therapy. Okay. All right. Well, you know, I'm going to go to this next caller. I'm saying the lines of hot side. I said, you know, we, we're going to do this like this. Hold on, this month, another caller in. Hello, who is this? This is Constant Politics with Lindsay Edwards Murphy. We have Dr. Stewart on the line. Who is this? What questions do you have for Dr. Stewart tonight? This is Maya. Hello, how are you doing? Hello, hello. I'm good. I just wanted to know how she got to school. Like, what motivated her to continue going when she, like, when the people around you aren't in school? You know, the the determination and the motivation for me to prove that what was told to me was a lie. I had to do the opposite. And I have a level of, I call it resiliency, within myself that I'm able to push past any situation. So although I may be going through something, in the back of my mind is that you can do it, you can do it, and I overcome fear. But I had to do the opposite. That is what drove me. Because my friends, especially in, in uh, college, you know, that's the fun time and you get to do a lot of different activities. You meet a lot of different people. You guys may get involved in extracurricular activities that have to deal with, I call it the la-la drug, which is marijuana. <laughs> you deal with mm-hmm. different things, you know, and you get involved in different things. And I had to learn to be like, okay, it, you know what it was, too? I was on academic probation. And when you on academic probation and you don't have nowhere to go, that right there, all those light bulbs just click on because I was like, I don't have any friends, I don't have any family. You know, you have like I had friends, but really no one. You'd be like, okay, I'm gonna sleep on your your couch at your mama house. You know, that's you want to wear out your welcome and everything like that. So I had friends. But at the same time, that only goes so far because, you know, you can only stay at people's house for so long. But that academic probation gets you kind of straight up real quick and that financial aid not coming in no more. And then you try to figure out how I'm going to eat, how I'm going to live, you know, that innate ability to be able to fight 
that fight or flight start coming in, you start thinking real straight, like, okay, I need to get it together. I need to get it together. So reality check. That's right. That's right. I'm going to go to the next thing. You put that question. We'll go to this next caller. Hold on just a moment. This is Compton. This is Compton Politics. Who is on the line? What's your questions to the guest? is Dr. Stewart. Who is this on the line? Hi, this is Ebony from Los Angeles, and I'm a foster mom, and I've got one child that's still in the home with me right now, and she's 18, and I'm working on her going to college right now, and she's real hesitant and fearful because she spent most of her life, she was in foster care since she was three, and she's 18 Uh now. And she is very fearful. She's been told what she can't do. And I spent the last two years since she's been with me enforcing that she's capable and what she can do. And she can't see the changes, but that hesitance is there. And I don't want to push her so hard that I scare her, but I want her to know that she can excel. I don't know, is there an appropriate amount of pushing that is acceptable when the child is in foster care? I don't want to push her away. Um, now, that's a, one of the things that you, too, have to understand for youth is their ability to be able to accept the love that you have for her, especially if she has dealt with the come and go and the different transitions in her life. It's kind of hard for her to accept that love that you have because it's like, okay, is this real? Is it going to be here today? Is it going to be gone tomorrow? I would say continue to give her that love and that push because if she doesn't learn how to live and learn how to adjust to life, then it's going to harm her in the end. She has to learn how to be self-advocate for herself and be able to be able to do things to sustain on her own. And a lot of the times the barriers to youth being able to grow and to be able to do things like other youth who have a safety net, you know, most youth have a safety net, so imagine a youth that doesn't have a safety net. It's like, what do they need? Of course she's going to be scared. That's part of life. A regular 18-year-old that lives with their home with their mom, they're scared too. I, You know, a lot of people I've talked to, they say, y'all used to be real afraid. I don't know what was going to happen. You're going to a new environment. Maybe I'm going to be by myself. Who's going to help me? Am I going to be alone? You know, she has to deal with all of those type of things, but as long as you reassure her, you know, constantly, as it seems like you've been doing, and I, I have some the utmost respect for you. Um, I just wanted to say that because not a lot of foster parents share your same sentiment. So I have the utmost respect for you, giving that type of love to this child. I do. Wow, this is this is powerful. You know, thank you for that question. Uh, uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna come back to everybody so you can still talk. I'm gonna do an open forum because I see this crowd is kind of. Some, you know, very respectful, and I want to just thank you for calling and asking that question. Hold on just a moment. We have another call I'm going to. Hold on just a moment. Hello, this is Compton Politics. This is Lorenzo Elvis Murphy, T25CL.com, Galaxy Talk Radio. We have Dr. Stewart on the line tonight. We're talking about foster care of caring of foster care tonight. Uh, so Stuart is interesting. Who is your question? Who is this calling? Hello, my name is Michelle. Hello, Michelle. How are you? Hello, Michelle. Um, Hi, Ms. Stewart, and I'm a foster mom, and I want to know one thing. How do you take a child who's fighting the love that you are trying to offer and set them up for a positive life? How do you do it? The first thing is that I would say um, for that child, it's going to take time, Um, like I was telling the caller before, because 
transitions are hard for any child um, going from one. If you have a child that's moving from middle school to high school, that's a transition, and children have a hard time doing that. So imagine going from one home to another home. That's going to be very difficult for them. You have to be very, very patient with that child and helping them to be able to adjust to your home and your environment, you know, and constantly sitting down and talking to them and honestly being genuine and wanting to know. See, you just want to know do you really care. It's not so much are you trying to be their mom are you trying to be some kind of person that's going to constantly be barking at them all the time? Do you really care? That's what they want to know. And a lot of times they're testing you to try to see, do you really care? So I might cuss you out. I might throw something. I might break something. I might do this and that. But then at the end of the day, are you still going to love me? You know, are you still going to care about me? And that's what they want to know. They're testing the limits. And then you have to be able to tell them, like, look, you know, I'm, you, I see you testing the limits. You know, I see how far you're going, but I'm not going anywhere. So if you that's what you're expecting me to do, that's not what I'm going to do. You know, let's talk about this, getting that child and making sure they're in therapy. I, I can't stress that enough. Counseling and therapy are very imperative to this population. They have to go. They need to go. And um, wow. I, that, I would really say that uh, taking them to church so they can have a spiritual outlet to be able to deal with the things that they're going through inside that maybe you're not, um, you, maybe there's a place or something that you can't reach or something that you feel that you can't reach. At least when they go and talk to their higher being, you know, talk to Jesus and talk to the Lord about how they're feeling inside, that's also an outlet, you know, for them. But I would say continuously being there for them, listening, not talking, but listening. You know, like, tell me how you feel. You know, tell me about your day. And they'll begin to open up to you in ways that they probably never knew how to do with anyone. You know, wow. you'd be surprised, be surprised at what you hear from mm-hmm. these youth. Well, I know for myself, I didn't raise, I said, at least 75 girls. And one thing I know, a few mistakes I made as a foster mom was dressing up the outside. Now yes. that I have a little bit more experience, I'm working on the inside, and I can truly see the progress. Wow. Now, these girls, I see kids come to me, and they're just wounded. And yes. I see with time and patience, and I see them blossom. But I also see a breaking point when they get there, and they're trying to get everything together and it's just some of them are crumbling, and it it hurts my heart to see them because the system does so much for them, and some of them don't accept it, and it's just it's frustrating. And I just want the best for them, and I know there's time to speak. I done told my girls to call in. so, And this is to get answers to things that I need help in. You know, the system put us through all this training, but then reality is when they become adults, and have to live the lifestyle as a young lady, it's hard. And I just want to know at that point, how can I help them? All right, all right. Yeah, this is Thompson Politics, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for Thanks. those questions. You can come back again. I'm just going to take a record. We've got a lot of callers. Uh, Michelle, I'm going to go to the next caller. Hold on just a moment. 
Hello, this is Compton Politics, Lorenzo Ellis Murphy, who's on the line tonight. What is your question for Dr. Stewart? This is Compton Politics. It's okay. You can speak. This is free. This is free. You don't have to pay no money. We take EBT, eat better than night card. <laughs> All right, we're going to go to the next call today. Come back in. Hold on just a moment. It's Compton Politics. Hold on. Hello, this is Compton Politics. Who is this calling in? Who would like to say? What's your question you like to have for Dr. Stewart? Well, uh, what TV show is that? Is that uh, Empire? No. Hold on. Let me go to the next caller. Yo, yo, this is Compton Politics. We're going to go Elvis Mercury. Who's on the line? What's your question for Dr. Stewart? Hi, yes. My name is Juana. Hello. How are you today? <laughs> Hi, my question is um, about the system. How is it exactly, uh, why is it like that in the simple fact that they let the parents, the foster parents, abuse of the foster children that they get paid for? Um, I wouldn't say necessarily that they allow them to abuse the children that are in the foster care system. The thing is, there's a number of things. Number one, if there's not enough screening going on for these foster parents. You know, if you're telling a foster parent, um, I was at an event, and you're telling the foster parent how much money they can get, most of the time for a child based on a rate or their mental illness or if they have a mental instability, or mm-hmm. they're looking at, you know, saying this is a D-rate child, this is this and that or whatever. A parent is not looking at that child like they're a child. They're looking at their cash cow. Yes. So, you know, for that reason, I would say some parents are not in it. Some parents, not all, because there was some wonderful parents yes. that came on before, but some parents are not in it for the love of the child. They're for the love of the money. And mm-hmm. we all know the love of money is the root of all evil. So it causes parents to be able to do these things. Now, for my my situation, my foster parent would tell the social worker that because I was mentally unstable, not to believe anything I said. Most of the social yes. workers believe me when I would say something. She would say, "Oh, well, she, you know, she needs drugs, or she needs this and that. She crazy like her mama, or something like that, or you know, mm-hmm. try to make other excuses, or even tell me, you know, if I said anything that she would mm-hmm. sue me for slander. You mm-hmm. know, and mm-hmm. be a child to be told that to put that fear in a child." Of course, sometimes you're not going to say anything, you know, but the system doesn't allow for it to happen because they do remove children and put them in different homes if they find that abuse is there. However, it does happen. Unfortunately, it happens there in the home. But children have, we have to empower them and let them know if there are things that are not, that are happening in the home that are extenuating for them, they need to be able to be comfortable to tell it. Now, I'm not talking about, because I've had students do this, too, where they, they try to use a victim mentality a lot, where they try to mm-hmm. say, oh, she won't let me do this and she won't let me do that. Okay, that's standard discipline. We're not talking about standard discipline. We're talking mm-hmm. about being ripped with stitching cords and your yeah. hair being pulled out your head and being burned or um, um, BB guns being shot in your face and, you know, all these type of things that are going being burned with cigarettes. And, you know, we're talking about stuff that really be going on in these homes, being molested and stuff like mm-hmm. that, you know. But the system does not allow, I did want to 
say that they don't allow for it to happen, but how can you do anything about something you don't know? Right. Yes, because there were several occasions that I did tell my social worker that I had a step the stepdad that lived in the house, and he was touching me. And um, the mom, the foster mom, denied it to the fullest. And um, she told me that I was the one that was provoking the foster father to do what he was doing to me. Wow. I'm sorry that that happened to you. And I, on several occasions, told them, like, I don't, I'm just, I was only 11 years old. And they told me that it was my fault that I was, being touched, that that I was provoking him, and I did not even know what was going on. Yeah. There's no way that an 11-year-old child could even know what is going on in that situation. And you know that people who deal with, and the mother was probably, if you look at her, um, if you look at her mental state, you know, if she was being abused by this man herself, you know, a lot of women stay in abusive relationships and they blame the child. Even if you were her natural-born child, she, I've seen cases, they still blame the child for why whatever is going on. So it had nothing to do with you. It had everything to do with where she was and where he was, you know, and hopefully, you know, they've been reprimanded for what they did, you know. Yeah. So, wow. That's very, that's very, that's a cold, deep part right there. I wasn't expecting to hear nothing like that. Uh, this is Company Politics. We have Dr. Stewart on the line tonight. Uh, thank you for that question. Uh, Dr. Stewart, is it, um, what was your most, um, when was the last time you remember you was a, I mean, when was the last time you was a foster kid? When was the last step? It was like getting out of prison when you knew you just made, you was free of all that tension and all that pressure. When, what, what date, what date, what year that happened when you just knew you was able to walk away from the past and not look back at it? So they can know, so they know how the step you went into. So they know how you took the steps into the stargate, into another world. From that darkness into the light, can you explain how that went down for you? It wasn't until, honestly, I had my my daughter, and I was in my 20s. I had her when I was 21, and I was going through therapy. I was homeless. I was attending uh, Cal State Dominguez Hills. And I was homeless. I lived in a transitional shelter at the time, and I was going through psychotherapy uh, there. And I remember um, her name was Stephanie, and uh, she used to try to break me down. But I used to be like, you know what, Um, you're not going to get in my head, you know, and I would sit there every day like I'm not going to say anything, you know, but slowly she was breaking me down. I started to tell her about what happened to me as a child, and we were able to get some breakthroughs. And then at the same time, I started attending church. And the healing power of Jesus really came in at that particular time and really came in to really mold and heal me, the beginning stages of healing. So it wasn't just complete healing. It was the beginning stages of healing for me um, at that particular time. So it's still a stage. You know, there's stages to healing. You don't just automatically become healed. You know, sometimes we look at the scars that we do have. If you remember as a child, if you scraped your knee, the scar may be gone. I mean, the actual bruise may be gone, but the scar is still there. And when you look at it, it's still there. Because sometimes I reflect on some things that I went through, and it, it upsets me. 
you know. Um, but I, I praise God that I'm I'm healed now, fully healed from things that I've endured, um, because now I'm able to uh, make healthy relationships and have healthy relationships, and I'm able to love my children. I'm able to love myself and show myself love, you know, by how I take care of myself, eating the right things, and exercising, and making sure I'm not in unhealthy relationships, and knowing how to cope and not uh, stressing over things that I can't change and, you know, really doing things that I can do for myself. So, Right, right, right. This is Trump and Politics. This is Lorenzo Elvis Murphy, Galaxy Talk Radio, T25CL.com. You can get the app on your phone. You can get it on your computer, your iPad. Uh, It's a 24-hour radio station just like Spotify, just like Pandora, just like any of those other iTunes type of thing. You know, you can actually get music off of here. If you got if you're a solo artist, if you have a movie you're trying to put out, this is a, actually a worldwide distribution network. And what I love about this network is it's a black-owned company. Yes, it is. T25CL is black-owned in America. How you like me now? So this is T25CL.com. Galaxy Talk Radio, Compton Politics. This is Lorenzo Elvis Murphy. Uh, it's actually 8.14. We're almost halfway finished with the show. Um, I want to go ahead and go to Roslyn and see if she had any questions. I just want to say anything to you. Roslyn, are you on the line? Yes, sir, I am here. Yes, I know you've been sitting here listening. This is one of the owners of T25CL.com. Um, I want to know, Roslyn, do you have any questions for her? you want to speak to her real quick? Well, um, you know, it's, this has been a very a heavy topic tonight, and I my heart really goes out to those who were in foster care, and then my then my 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 pride, and you know, to think of the mothers who have raised children, who have been foster parents, who knew how to show love to these foster kids. Um, my question is, though, that you know, I know you're 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 a Christian woman, you're a faith based woman, but you know, sometimes you have homes who don't go to church or you know, who, you know, are of a different faith or a different religion. And I know that you you know, base a lot of your, your teachings and your um you know, seminars with that you do on your 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 being a woman of God. But what what do you tell those individuals who who don't have that you know, don't go to church or don't, you know, have that faith, not so much religion, but, you know, have um, um, the love. They have the love. They have the care. And it's just based on, you know, being a good person or loving that individual, loving that child. You mean for the caregivers or for the child themselves? For the caregiver. Well, really for both, for the caregiver, because they are raising that child. And say they're not raising that child in in a Christian home, but they're raising that child with love. I mean, can you tell? Can you speak on that topic? Because there may be people who don't go to church, but they still love that child nonetheless. Um, love is such a it's a wonderful thing, and whether you're in Christ or, or outside of Christ, to show somebody love, like true, genuine care and true, genuine love, the child will be able to feel that you know, from the parent for them to know that that person is really there for them, 
the person is really there to guide them, that person is really there to help them, be supportive of them, that's all encompassed in love. And understanding them, listening to them, that's all encompassed in love. Um, Not rejecting them or pushing them away or telling them, you know, you know, you'll be okay or hurry up and get over it or something like that for whatever they, the child may be going through, but just really being genuinely there, that's encompassed in love as well. So wow. I feel that that, even outside of that, outside of saying, you know, a faith or uh, faith is basically hoping for something, you mm-hmm. know, hoping for something greater than what you are. You can teach that to somebody without being, you know, without Christ there. You could teach somebody how to hope for something greater than what they are, you know, how to deal with something greater or push for something greater than what they are, motivate them. That's what they would call it, motivate or positive psychology, which they would call it, always putting positive words or positive thinking into this child's mind so that they're able to grow and they're able to do um, things greater than what they are, push past barriers and not sit down and cry or have this victim mentality, oh, just because, you know, I went through this situation. It's like I understand that you went through that, but you need to pick yourself up and you need to keep pushing and keep going. But everybody goes through a situation. Everybody does. Some people go through things greater than others. We can look at our forefathers in the civil rights movement. Dr. Martin Luther King, because this is Black History Month, and I am proud to be black. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. He, he, went, through, he went through. Yeah. Compensologics. So, so <laughs> hey, come on now. So I realize what you're saying, um, that the anchor to it all is just loving. Love is yeah. the anchor. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. I love that. I love that. This is Compton Paula Chad, Lorenzo Elvis Murphy. Look, we just got a caller in from Pennsylvania, and I think I know this is. This is uh, actually I was telling you about the young lady who who was going through something uh, uh, in Pennsylvania. I was telling you, Doctor Stewart, earlier about the story yeah. of that lady who ran to the White yeah. House. This is her. Hold on, let me see. I'd love for you to meet her, too. What's up, cool? This is from calling from Pennsylvania on Compton Politics. I told y'all, we make some wild with this, y'all. What's up? Who is this on the line? Mary Taylor. Mary Taylor. Mary, Mary, Quacky Cherry. How you doing, Mary? I'm doing good. <laughs> all right, all right. Hey, we got a special guest tonight. Her name is Dr. Stewart. She's speaking on the foster care of the foster care. You know, she lived that life of as a foster kid as a foster child, as a foster young lady, as a foster queen, and she made it through, and now she's out here uh, doing wonderful things. She has multiple degrees on, you know, and I love that. Now, do you have any questions for I know you just came in, but I'm sure you're familiar on what's going on with this foster care. Uh, she was just telling me, I was talking to her earlier, Mary, and she was telling me on how she went to a conference, and she was saying on how it was like, like bragging about, hey, we got a job so you can make money, you know, with kids. So I was telling her about the pipeline, what happened up in Pennsylvania with the governor. Uh, they had, can you explain just a little bit? What is your question to her? But I would like for you to explain the, the slave trait of the foster kid youth program they had out there in Pennsylvania for years. And the governor, she told the name of the governor, y'all need to look this up. And he just got busted. 
for selling kids. So, Mary, for one minute, we should have a question to the guest, and then uh, she elaborate and then explain that because she spoke on that that was going on on the West Coast. She spoke about the pipeline? Yeah, but it's not here on the West Coast now because she went to a conference, and it was wow. like having jobs about you can make money. Then, uh, you know what I mean? So I'll let y'all right. explain that, but it's just a coincidence. How she told me they went down on the West Coast where she went, and now they just have, you know, they just put that governor in prison for, what, 25 years, 30 years for that same system. Now they can put it on. Now that what I'm trying to explain is they run it on the West Coast now, but they don't know what it wow. is over here. We don't know what it wow. is over here yet, but she wow. knows what it is over there. So can you what? ask your question? Ask your question for her, and then, you know, uh, explain. Uh, let her answer you, and then explain what that pipeline was. Well, so you told me about this two years ago, and now it came about. So go ahead, Mary. Well, uh, I have a granddaughter in foster care, and and they've changed her name, and she's just a baby. And you know, and I'm wondering how can she, how would she be able to find her way back to her family? You know, once she's of age. If they, if they, and that's the practice they do in Pennsylvania. They take the children and then they change their names, which I think should be illegal because you know then that creates a, a, a that opens the door for incest, you know, because she doesn't know who her family, who their family is, his or her, you know, once they they're old enough to you know go out into the world on their own. And I was just wondering, have you encountered anything like that? I haven't. Um encountered anybody with a changed name. Wow. Change information. So that means they changed the birth certificate, they changed everything. They changed everything. And and this baby's only, my granddaughter's only six years old, but that's what they do in Pennsylvania. They they steal the children and they they start in the schools with uh, discriminating against them and then you know, telling you they're bad kids, and then they put them in a in a behavioral class, and then uh, keep their names and keep harassing them until they put them in a detention juvenile detention center, and then uh, when they put them in the detention centers, like they put my took my son straight A student, you know, for wearing a jacket that was too small for him, and uh, then they they accused him of a crime that they did to him. And they put him in a detention center and charged me over four hundred dollars a month to keep him there. Wow! And, and then uh, you know that's what they're doing. That's what they're 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 getting them from the school and you know and putting them in there. And from high school, it's called cash for kids. But then when it goes to the high school, kids, hold on, it's time called out, wait, 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 wait. This is Thompson politics. Did y'all hear that? So, 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 Dr. Stewart, did you hear what she said? Cash for kids. So what she told me this morning, she told me, Mary told me this a year and a half ago. And the, and the governor wow. of Pennsylvania just got busted two months ago, got 25 years. So go ahead. You said it's called what? Can you read that one more time? It's, Y'all go ahead it's, called, it's called Cash for Kids. But when the kids reach high school, then it's called Pipeline, and it's from school to prison. And mm. that's how... And that's what they're doing to our young children, and that's how they're able to control. I don't know what they're trying to control, but, um, you know, somebody's getting paid. And they said it's the judges. The judges are getting paid to put these children in those detention centers 
and the detention centers take the money and give the judges a kickback. But they also said that they videotape these judges hanging out with the detention, the, these people that are head over these detention centers in vacation resorts and hanging out with known drug dealers and taking pictures. Wow. Wow. You know, no, this is talking politics, you know. So what do you think about that, Dr. Stewart? I can understand. You know, I deal with the whole East Coast, West Coast, North and South. You know, that's what company politics is about, bringing the people together. What do you think about that, being that you know what's going on in that conference, now you hear what's going on on the East Coast? What do you think about that? I really think that that is the utmost, that is just, very disrespectful to mm-hmm. the family, to that child's heritage, to that child's bloodline. You know, that's disrespectful. Right. It's very disheartening that somebody would take a life and think that that child has no value at right. all, period, and think of them as only a dollar sign. That's mm-hmm. just horrible that somebody would, or society would even think that that's something that's appropriate, you know, for you know. a child. And they wouldn't want their child to go through that situation. But then you would do this to somebody else and then sit up in a vacation resort like, yeah, like this is what I've done and be comfortable with it. But Mm -hmm. there is a saying that what's done in the dark will come to the light, and it has. You can't, you reap what you sow, so you can't do, you know, all of these things and think that it's going to, you're going to get away with it, you know. So it's going to come back on you, you know, and that's what has happened. That's what you know, happened. The young mother that, that had the, had my granddaughter, she was in a detention center for um, truancy from school, and she was due to have a baby any moment now, and they, they, they took her and they put her in the detention center for being absent and late for school. And this was her first, her first child while she was in the detention center, and she was ready to deliver. And she went to the people and she told them that um, she, she was in pain. And they told her she was just trying to get out of being at the detention center to take, and she reported several times. They told her to take a couple of aspirin and go lay down. Well, she did, and she still didn't feel right. So she went back and she asked if she could call her mother. So they called, and they said, uh, she said, she's pregnant. Take her to the hospital. And they said, they don't take kids to the hospital unless they see blood. She went back to her room, and in the time that they did find her, she was bleeding and she lost that child. And then shortly after they let her go, then, you know, a couple years after that, she did have another child, which was with, um, uh, well, she did have another child. They took that child also. So then, you know, and this young girl is going through postpartum syndrome, and they keep taking her babies. Then she had another child by my son. This was the third child. And they took that child, and they said that my son couldn't have her and I couldn't have her, and they still have her. She has since had another child. And I told him, I said, what you're doing is creating this vicious cycle because she needs her babies, and she's going to keep take, having babies because she needs her babies. Right, yeah. right, right, right. This is Tonka Politics, uh, T25CL is 830. You know what, I'm just going to go ahead and open up the lines. It's going to be the open forum now. Let's just be respectful. Anybody got any questions? Any, uh, 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 Dr. Stewart, you can still talk about what you need to talk about, but it's just all the lines are open. Um, anything you want to say, which, uh, you know what I mean? Information uh, can, you I, give uh, up. can I just can I just say Go one ahead. more thing? Go ahead. Um, I, I I heard the late I heard the lady say that um, 
you, you, when you raise a child, if, as long as you raise a child with God in their life, the child will be okay. You have, I have five grown children, and I raise them, you know, to, to, to be capable to read, to be capable to cook and to take care of their room and to take care of themselves and to act accordingly. And I, I took them out to have fun, and I thought I showed them all the love in the world. And the one thing I regret is that I didn't take my kids to church often enough because I can see where that is vacant in their life, and that is uh, that is a, a driving force that, you know, I think people need to keep God first, and God is love, and that, that must be there. Yes, yes. That's right, that's right. I like, I like that. So like I said, this is open forum now, so anybody just want to, uh, Dr. Stewart, if you want to just start it off on what you do and what's going down and what you really feel out there. I did want to touch on, um, on some things as far as how to help youth to attain the different services right. that they need. There you go. That's what we are. Sometimes that they don't um, attain different services and they're, they're missing or there's a disconnect. And there are many programs out in the community that do service and help, but there's still a disconnect for them. I do believe that teaching them to be a self-advocate for themselves to go out and learn and just the same way we would go out and learn how to obtain those same services, uh, linking them with mentorship programs because statistics prove that youth that are involved in mentorship programs have a greater chance of attending college, and that's whether they're in the system or not. Um, teaching them self-advocacy. Resiliency can also be taught, showing them how, although they may have some type of barrier set in front of them to keep pushing forward um, past that, helping them obtain, like I was saying, uh, grief therapy. All of those will help them to be able to move forward and obtain a service because they're they're healing and moving forward, healing and moving forward. Um, taking anger management uh, classes, you know, dealing with unresolved issues. Um, going to ioponline.org, that's one of the things that is in place for you. A lot of you don't know, you can go on ioponline.org. Um, they have a lot of resources on that website. They can check for housing. They can check for housing on their website. They can look for the IOP coordinator on that website. They can find uh, financial aid resources on that website. They can find college information, uh, information about AB12. I know one of the youth was talking about that, whether they um, um, are able to acquire that particular thing. Looking at their school system, I know with LA Unified School, uh, school District, they do have what's called the foster care unit. They need to contact that if they're within that jurisdiction to contact the foster care unit and self-identify and be comfortable with it. The state is there. We just say Uncle Sam is your mom and dad, so you need to be able to feel comfortable to go out there and get it. There's so many um, resources that are there to help the youth, especially as they transition from high school to college. They can get a lot of money of the Chafee Grant, which gives them up to $5,000, you know, for college. They, that's free money. You know, we all love the word free, so you want to be able to uh, attain those uh, resources as well. There's the Chamber of Commerce in L.A. They have a program for foster youth um, that help them to get into college, help them obtain a job. We have programs help them obtain jobs um, that has, um, that is with the state. So there's a lot of resources out there for youth. They just have to, to go get them. 
uh, Children, Youth, and Family Collaborative, Orangewood Foundation, Alliance for Children's Rights, which is excellent. So Alliance for Children's Rights is one if a youth is going through a situation and they need legal help. They are there free, giving free legal help to youth if their educational rights are being violated, if they're not receiving services from DCFS. That is a program that they need to contact, Alliance for Children's Rights. Uh, Foster Ed Connect is a wonderful program that they have online where they link all type of information for youth and the Public Council Law Center also for youth. So I'm able to give you, I've got the information, it's juicy. <laughs> I'm loving that. I'm loving that. I'm loving that. I mean, I'm loving everything about what you're talking about. I'm loving your story. I'm loving the information you got. Uh, it's open forum now. Uh, anybody got any more questions you want to talk about? How you feeling? If you're feeling better? If you're feeling worse? Tell us what you're getting out of this tonight. You know what I mean? Because it's important that content politics know the, some feedback on what's tonight. So anybody want to recap on what's going on? Just talk about something. You know about foster care. What you've been through. Oh, well, hi. My name is Jay. I am in, currently a foster youth student. This is my senior year in high school. And what she was talking about, I really appreciate it because, you know, um, sources, resources, and information is limited, especially being in the minority group. And statistics basically eliminate us out of the opportunity to even showcase any talent that we have. They just assume that. We're not up to par of what any criteria of any college is going to want. So I'm actually here to advocate for that percentage that's actually trying and striving and have that ambition to go to college. Uh, I just got off of an interview call with uh, Grinnell, so um, I'm hoping that I can hear back from them. They seem very interested in me because they don't interview every student that applies to their school. Uh, wow. I've asked, Excellent. Oh, thank you. Well, you know what? That one right there. Go ahead. Go ahead. As soon as you get finished, I'm going to ask. You know, I I haven't did this, but I think we're going to send a prayer. We're going to say a prayer for you over on the line tonight to say that you're going. We're going to claim that job. We're going to claim whatever you're trying to get tonight for you. You know what I mean? Well, what I'm trying to to really get into is the the University of Notre Dame. I've turned down two full scholarships. Some may say I'm crazy because that's around, like, $250,000. But it's, like, the passion that I have is what's driving me to um, get to my dream, you know, and I feel like I really belong there. So I really hope that I get into that school because that's a lot of money. Yeah, we're going to pray. We're going to pray. Hey, Robin. We're going to Robin, you still on the line? Robin, you still on the line? Yes, sir. Can you give her, I want to take a, I want to take a moment of prayer for the young lady that's going through the challenges that you know you see how determined she is. He didn't turn down two major scholarships to go to, to be determined to believe in going to what she want to do, and that's what I wish a lot of more of our youth would be that determined for the inner self and for the outer self. You know what I mean? So if you can lead a prayer for us real quick, if you don't mind, you know, because I just feel it right now for her. I don't mind. You know? I don't mind. All right. All right. All right, all right. What's your name, sweetheart? I'm sorry, what was your name again? Jay. Jay, Jay. All right, Jay. Heavenly Father, we come before you right now, Lord God. First of all, we just want to give you glory and honor just for who you are, Lord. But, Lord, right now we lift up Jade unto you. You know her heart. You know her desires. 
Lord God, you will go before her and make those crooked places straight. You will be the lamp unto her feet and a light unto her pathway. Lord, we pray for wisdom. We pray for understanding. We pray for complete and continued knowledge. Lord, that she not only trust in her her talents, but Lord, most of all, trust in you, Lord God. That you will open the doors that no man can shut, and you will close the doors that no man can open. Lord, you will know exactly what it is that she needs in her life. Not wants, but what she needs in her life, Father God. Heavenly Father, she lays everything at your feet, everything at your throne, to know that you will make a way where it seems to be no way. You are the God of impossibilities, Lord God. When we think it's not impossible, it's not possible, you make possible. And Lord yeah. God, we lift up every situation in her life. Open the windows, pour out the blessings that she cannot even contain, Lord God. But right now, Lord God, encompass her with your love, your wisdom, your peace, that whatever decision she makes, Lord God, she will have the peace to know, Lord God, you have made a way for her. And, Lord God, we all come together on this on this show with Lorenzo. Uh, thank you for letting Lorenzo be sensitive to the moving of your Holy Spirit, Lord God, that you will make a way for her, Lord God. Let her go away from this show tonight knowing that you have made a way. Lord God, we're careful to give you all the glory, all the honor, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, amen. 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 This is Tom Politics. I'm telling y'all, it's a powerful show tonight. Thank you, Jada, for calling in. Stay on the line. Uh, we're going to talk some more. We have like another 15 minutes to go. Like I said, this is Open Forum. This is Compton Politics, T25CL, Yadish Talk Radio. This is Lorenzo Elvis Murphy. We have Dr. Stood on the line. She done brought the heat to the table. The bacon is frying. The egg is jiggling. All right, what they say, the jello is jiggling. Uh, but, uh, yeah, 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 it's just going down. And I'm really excited about tonight. Uh, does anybody like to respond about what they're receiving tonight, uh, about this information? Uh, anybody got any more information? Are uh, there any more stories that we can add on to this to make this make sense? More sense than what we have. Uh, I'm very grateful. It's an honor to have everybody on the line, to be stand on the line as long as you stand on this line. Um, I, I think that uh, the people that's on the line is very important for each other. Uh, I see that it's all ladies on the line tonight, all the queens are on the line tonight, and that's the whole positive yeah. energy. And I want to thank Mary for calling in all the way from Pennsylvania because we know it's about, what, uh, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock out there. And it's cold as ice out there, so I want to appreciate her calling us from Pennsylvania. Um, uh, uh, Michelle, I want to thank Michelle for connecting to Compton Politics with Dr. Stewart, and I appreciate that. Um, I'm just, like I said, I'm just a happy soul right now with this show. You know, this this show got a 10 star tonight. You know what I mean? It's changed the lives, and like I said, you can actually go back and re-record and replay this again for people. So it's not like you're just hearing it now. You can go back and listen to yourself talk, blast it out, put it on Facebook, email it out to family members. You know what I'm saying? Really? Because this, this right here is but, a hot uh, show. I wanted, to, I wanted to be able to share share this word. Come on. Uh, I don't know. Hold on just a minute. Hold on just a minute. I'm going to time out just a minute. Somebody's got a background so loud. I'm not trying to mute nobody. Somebody's talking. I hear a man's voice. I'm not trying to mute nobody. But I want to be respectful for the guests that's speaking. 
So go ahead, Jada. You'd like to speak? Um, it's a spoken word piece that I've written for the L.A. Promise Gala when I was um, representing my school. Um, right, come on with it. Come on with it. So it goes, my life may be similar to yours or different. See, I was basically born and raised in the system. Went to five houses. Some were cool. Some were iffy. Mama tried to get me but couldn't stay out of prison. And I love her, but I can't even hug her when I visit. Only look and listen and give glass window kisses. But living in L.A., everyone has a story, too. I'm here to tell you that it's not what you've been through, but what those turn of events turn you into. Society is quick to judge with their stereotypical ways, but don't give in. Take advantage of the opportunities or fit the bad description. Let them win. Not I and not you. They only know half of what L.A. kids do. Parties, games, bad habits they expect us to fall into, not even knowing half of what we've been through. Still, don't let the bad times follow you. Let your hopes and dreams swallow you. So when the world comes crashing and questions seem unanswered, pick your head up and follow through. Don't let the pain be in vain because we, we struggle in the now, but that builds our strength. Rise so you can bring honor to our name. And I might sound cliche, but you can make a change. So stop focusing on fitting in and flowing on. Struggle with a purpose. Leave a mark that will stay when you're gone. Prove the haters wrong and leave the fakers alone because you don't need them if they can't accept your flaws. Hard work, patience, L.A. baby, stay strong. We can all make it in this life. Have hope, trust, forgive, and give love a try. Look back at what you've been through. Through it all, you'll be fine. True, we struggle in the now, but in due time, success will be ours. But in the now, we must rise. So rise. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that was beautiful. Wait a minute. Oh, that was beautiful. That was well, phenomenal. Yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah, that is that the real. Awesome. That is Compton Paula Kicks. For real. <laughs> <laughs> you have, you well, have another one? Do you have another one? Do you have another one? Do, you, do I have a what? Do you have another one? Another one? I'm working on one in the process. And I don't want to spill it out too quick. <laughs> Okay, well, you know what, that one right there, that was, that was 10 of them in one. <laughs> wow. You know what I'm saying? That was 10 of them in one. So you're actually a foster kid right now? Yeah, I am. Wow. So, you I'm know, fortunate uh, uh, I've been through plenty of homes, and I've seen pretty much, I've seen it all. But I'm grateful enough to be in the care of someone who is genuinely uh, there for the the growth of me, you know, like as me of a person and really cares and she really stands out from other foster parents. Right, right, right. Oh, there it is. The mother of the year. The mother <laughs> of the year right there, Mrs. Michelle. She got to win mother of the year. She got to win a company <laughs> politics mother of the year award. Yeah. She yeah. deserves <laughs> some recognition yeah. because she doesn't do it for the recognition, so that just makes right. her more qualified to be a, in a deserving position to receive that type of praise. She is a wonderful woman. So you know what? I got a question for you. I got a question for you. I mean, what is the dynamic that you have that you have received? And I know Michelle, and I mean, what from from your perspective, from like I'm hearing you speaking, how intelligent and how what type of intercept you have. What is that that's really special about a person when you run into a person like Michelle when you can, after all that you've been through, you just run into, like, you just, like, you just fell to heaven when you came to met Michelle. What does that really feel like? And what really changed in your life when you went there from where you come from? What really changed in your life? 
Was it intercept that change or was it out of self that change? Or was it both? It's it's the respect and the and the peace that I have have not been used to. Like I've been respected before. I, I know what it feels like, but being here is like I can really come home from a hard day and know that I'm gonna be okay and I'm gonna be peaceful and I have a nice place to stay. So she really brings that peace, like that people look forward to after they've been through it all. They they've been late to work or they've been late to school or they had a, a bad test or anything. Like I can come home and know that I'm gonna be peaceful, and that's like that, a feeling that you can't put a price on. Wow, yeah. that is powerful, Doctor Stewart. What do you have to say about something like that? I mean, we have a a you on the line. You know what I mean? And she. We have a you on the line. We have other ladies on the line, but she was a whole you. You know what I mean? So what yeah. what, is, what what dynamic do you feel on how smart this young lady is? This is one young lady we don't have to worry about in the system. You get what I'm saying? And, and, that, wow. and that's what I love about cousin politics. We are actually able to capture. We can find a good story out of this stuff, no matter what how bad I would have heard about it. Guess what, y'all? She said we were looking for one percent, Doctor Stewart. Guess what? We got one more percent. So guess what? Hey, we got two percent. We got two percent. We got two percent on the line. We got two percent yes. on the line tonight. Yeah. You know yes. what I mean? So, so, so it's our job. So it's our job. Us, just us, to go get that ninety-eight more percent. We need to go find. But we need to figure out how can we do this. We need to find out. We have enough people on the line to. To make it happen. Like I said, you say you're the 1%. Now, all we're trying to do is get 1% tonight. But guess what, Dr. Stewart? We got 1% tonight. Yes, and that, I, that is just so wonderful. She's highly intelligent. She has the drive and the resiliency to be able to push herself all the way through college because getting to college is the first step, but getting through college is the next step so you can see yourself walking across that stage. And I would encourage you, as you because you love to write, but also do a vision board so you can't see where you're going in life, you know, and put it's something about when you write things down, you write your vision and you make it plain, but when you actually see it, it your actions will start to take place and you'll be able to bring that to fruition. So you do a vision board and you, you're going to go to the school that you want to go to. I can't say I applied to the University of Southern California, and that was the only master's program that I applied to because I said I was getting in that school, and I didn't care who said I was <laughs> going to get into that school. And I did not have the grades to get into USC, but when they heard my story and when they seen what I had accomplished, they was like, we want this young lady at our school. So it's not so much the grades, but it's, the school wants to see overall how you re- would represent their school or their brand. Mm-hmm. And I got in that school with the grace of God. I remember I shouted all the way around LA Unified School District. <laughs> and all the way around. I mean, I shouted. I praise God. And this lady, she came to me. She said, oh, what happened? What happened? She was like, what happened? And I, she said, did you win the lottery? I said, oh, the Lord just opened the door. I just got to see you. <laughs> can she thought I won a million dollars or something like that, but in my heart I did because I, I really wanted to go to that school. And God will give you the desires of your heart, and you believe He will give you the desires of your heart. And that's what faith is, the substance of things hoped for. We hope for those things, and He will bring it to pass. That's why I love Him so much. 
I do. Yeah. And um, I just, you're a very bright young lady. That uh, poem was phenomenal. Um, your yes. writing things are exquisite. So keep that up and continue to keep writing and write your memoirs down so you can get them out and get your website and put your poems up there and send them out to, you said you uh, published them in one place, but publish them in, in five places and ten places and keep going so that your story can be heard, you know, everywhere and encourage youth who are like yourself who may not have the same feeling inside or they might not feel like they're able to do it, but once they hear those words, because those words did resonate in my spirit, to be able to read those and say, you know what, I can do it. You know, I can't pick myself up. It doesn't matter what society says or what people say. You know what, I am somebody. I want to yeah. encourage you with that. Yeah. Wow, Thank yeah. This is, uh, this, so, hey, this is, uh, I'm, I'm just blown away. I'm just sitting up here like hypnotized, really. I'm like, man. Did I do that? No, but uh, yeah, this is something politics, T25CL.com. And I'm not going to see that the chief, the galaxy chief is on the Internet. I don't know if he's going to call in because I'm sure he might have some work to say on this tonight. Because tonight was this, I'm just like these shows just keep getting better and better. But I'm not even going to lie tonight about this tonight. I'm really excited about tonight when I go on my way home. I'm going to be thinking about this, and I hope the show can come right on real faster than what I what I have to wait for because I would love to go back and listen to this show over again. And I'm actually well, really friend, good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I was, I was about to say, as as uh, um, one of the T25CL principals, I can really say and say for on Chief and for all of us that, uh, Lorenzo, you have just taken it up another notch, my brother. You have really uh, gone above and beyond with your topics. And tonight, as you always have reached out to the community, this is just another uh, show that's just been, it, it, you hit it out of the ballpark this time. Um, it, with your guest tonight, with Dr. Stewart, with all the callers who have called in tonight, I mean, you are making an impact on the community with topics that are being shared that have not, I don't even, I, I can't think of radio shows that, that share such topics that people can call in and share their experiences in life to reveal the truths that needs to be revealed and then have such phenomenal talent as this young lady, Jade. And I know she's not by herself because there's a lot more out there that needs to be tapped in, that needs to be invested in, that needs to be loved by foster care, foster moms, such as the one who's raised her, who who shares the love. I mean, it's just phenomenal. And I know this is, you're just going to take it to another level, uh, Lorenzo. And we just want to thank you here, T25CL Entertainment, for, you know, for your sensitivity to the community. And that's Thank all you. I have to say. <laughs> all righty. All right, all right, all right. This is Couple Politics, T25CL.com. Well, I'm going to shut this down at 9 o'clock. we got four more minutes. I don't yeah, know what's going on with this. I think oh, we tapped it in because when you talked about getting Chief on the line, he's on the line. Okay, Chief, 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 I see you on the line. Hello, Chief, how are you? Hey, Brother Lowe, how you doing, man? I'm blessed, I'm blessed. Uh, we got Dr. Stewart on the line. we got the fabulous... Young Jada on the line. We got Michelle on the line. I don't know who the other guests are. Uh, I see we got some more guests. If you want to say who you are, so we can just recognize who you are. Because this is Company Politics. Everybody's a star. 
And, uh, you know, like I said, I'm happy about tonight. And, uh, Dr., uh, I mean, uh, whew, Lord have mercy. I mean, God, if you keep, uh, what is your words you have to say, you know? I know you've been here listening to the whole show, and, uh, man, this has been very powerful, bro. This I think Dr. Stewart has is, is said, said it all tonight, man, and she's put it out there. You know, brother, it's, um, you know, we, we look at television stuff and look at sports and, you know, look at music people and, and these people are, are looked upon as heroes. But you know what, man? If the people would hear the stories, you know, from this show this evening, the real heroes are the sisters that are on the phone tonight. That's what I'm saying, and, man. You know, and going through their struggles. And so heroes have just been misguided and misaligned. And, you know, the way the society has heroes identified is if you're driving a Rolls Royce and you got some bling and you got some hit records. But what about the things that these sisters have gone through, the suffering, you know, that they've gone through now? You know, we've talked about suffering through slavery and the diaspora from Africa to here. But now this is just modern day sacrifices right here in our midst that are happening. And the world doesn't know about it. If it wasn't for uh, Galaxy Talk Radio and Lorenzo and your show and all of the talk shows and all the people that we have met here over the past few years, these stories wouldn't be out there. But these are real life stories. And so, Dr. Stewart, I just definitely want to say that we are very proud of you and your sacrifices and the things that you have gone through. And you're just one brave person who has stepped up to the plate and have put your story out to the world. And so we want the world to hear your story, your plight, the things that you've gone through, and so that the world knows that hey, these things are happening right here and right now. You don't have to pay $10.50 to go to a movie theater and see some depiction of a life story, but this is real talk, straight talk. And yes, so, thank you so much. Thank you. But I do have one question for you. Um, yes. What What is your relationship with your mother now? Uh, I had to find peace within myself. I do not have a relationship with my mother. I prayed about that many times. I tried to establish a, a relationship with her. However, as many young children, we we have these thoughts in our minds about what our parents will be like when we finally find them. And when we do it, it becomes a picture that we're not familiar with, that we're not, it's not what the reality is that we want. So I don't, I don't have a relationship with her. So I had to find peace with that. Yeah, that can be pretty hard. Yeah. When, when, when was the last time you talked to her? Uh, when my youngest daughter was a newborn. So my... Our daughter's at seven, she'll be eight. So when mm. she was in 2007, 2008, yeah. That was the last time I spoke to her. And she doesn't, she doesn't reach out to you at all? No, I choose not to. I have, because of certain circumstances that took place, I choose not to. I, I had to... Um, Sometimes you have to remove certain people out of your life, whether they're family members or not. But right. I, I have the no negativity zone. So 
That's what I had wow. to do for my situation. Everybody is different, but for my situation, I had to take that into account. It wasn't healthy um, for me. It was stressful. It was making me ill, so I had to I had to let that go. I had to let that go. If and your I mother straightened, huh? straightened her life up and made a change, and then she came to you for uh, forgiveness, would you accept that? See, this is the thing about forgiveness. Because you forgive somebody doesn't mean they have to be in your life. So for me and for my situation, I I choose for it not to be in, for her not to be in my life. That's what I choose. Mm-hmm. No, that's have uh, love for her doesn't mean that I have not forgiven her any of that kind of stuff because being a person or a woman of God, I have to forgive anyway. But certain things, certain times, you have to know when to say no. No, you know when something is oh. negative in your life, when to remove it out of your life, and you can't look back. You know, mm-hmm. you have to make those certain decisions. Sometimes you have to make those decisions in your life. So okay. that's powerful. Yeah, that it is. It is. Yeah, yeah. This is a call. This is a call engine. You know what I mean? This yeah. is these are the things. You know, and this is why this is why the show is called Compton Politics: Breaking the Cycle of Hatred. And it ain't got nothing to do with race. It ain't got nothing to do with color. That's going to do with self. And that's what this last, last kind of session with you It's like we have to break that cycle of hatred all the way through because only ourselves can break the cycle. So, you know, um, that's a powerful question. And, you know, I, I love that answer. You're being real honest with it. And that's what content politics is about, being honest with yourself so you can have clarity when you wake up in the morning and make your first step and take your first breath. You know what I mean? This is country mm-hmm. politics. Uh, anybody have any last words? I want to just have respect for everybody. Can everybody stay on the line this long? Does anybody have any last words? Let's be respectful. Uh, I want the guests to speak last. Does anybody have any more last words? Any thank yous? Any shout outs? Let's do it real quick. We're going to end this show after uh, Dr. Stewart speaks. So I'll see you some okay. Yeah. Hello. This is um, Go ahead. Clinton. Go ahead. One at a time, please. Go ahead. Okay. This is Michelle. I just want to say that I've been fortunate to keep nothing but girls, and I want to make their lives to remain positive. It's hard sometimes, but I want them to know I love them, and I only want the best for them. And you guys pray that I continue to have strength to raise these girls. Amen. Anybody else? Amen. Anybody else? Yeah, this is uh, Minister Clinton. And I was uh, interested in a comment that they made earlier in regards to training up the child in the way they should go and keep them in church and things of that nature. But um, one of the biggest problems that we have in raising children and rearing them up is that once they get to a certain level as teens, that's when they're the most influential, Okay. Um, I think that part of our biggest problem is that we no longer are in their ears. Their friends are in their ears. The social media is in their ears. Facebook is in their ear. And the more things that they are exposed to, to negativity, it produces a negative result. 
So as the word tells us that we must not be conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of our minds. If our minds are constantly absorbing social media and the negativity that our friends are pushing our way with the peer pressure, then that molds our thinking processes, and in our thinking processes, it creates a habitual, or shall I say, a second response immediately when times of pressure and, um, how shall I say, uh, pressure comes up, when trials come up, we respond in a negative manner because of the negativity that we've been exposed to. So as long as we can keep our minds renewed in the word of God, keep positive influences coming into our minds, then we'll respond in a positive manner. So this is where us as fathers, mothers, foster parents, grandparents must stay in our team's ears and spend that time that's necessary with them nurturing them. Because if they get to a point to where they feel we don't care, they're going to feel that their associates care more. Right. That's what they mean. Right. Thank yeah. you, man. That was very powerful. Uh, anybody else have any last words? Like I said, this is open um, forum. This is the last word. I wanted to thank everybody who were spent their time listening and stuff. I uh, really appreciate uh, the vibe that is created in this radio talk show, like, I am a team, so what I'm used to is, you know, the typical rap or whatever radio station, but having something like this is really, like, heartwarming to know that there's people out there who are still listening, people out there who still care, and I just wanted to thank you for having me speak out on your show. No problem. You know, anytime you can call in. Uh, if you want your own episode about, you know, about what you, your poetry and stuff, I mean, I really, I mean, I just see a vision, you writing a book. I mean, I can see you writing a number of poems in your book or just doing a DVD or something, really, because your stuff was really powerful, my, my, my sister, seriously. It was like the word that you was using, grown folk, like you say, old school, but you was using old school words. You feel like you have an old you were old soul, you know what I mean. You were speaking yeah, that's what I've from your, you know what I mean. You were speaking from your, you were speaking not from your heart, but you were speaking like from your gut, like, and you were speaking exactly what you went through. And a lot of young people don't know how to articulate their lives to show that to speak about it. You know what I'm saying? So I appreciate you, and I'm sure everybody else on this line appreciated you too for being so yes. young. And so determined, and like you said, you turn down two scholarships, and you determine about what you really, really, really want to go. That is so much. That's so much godlike. You know what I mean? Yes. Like I, said, I commend you. I'm so proud of you that I know. Like Dr. Yes. Spears said, she was one percent, and we're trying to get another one percent. And I'll be by the grace of God, we end up getting a one percent tonight with two percent. So anybody else on the yeah. line that have anything else to say? Any last words? Because uh, you don't have to shut down the moment, people. You'll be here all night long, you know? <laughs> well, anybody have any last words? <laughs> well, I want to thank you all for having me. I uh, thank you for the conference. There was a lot of powerful information there. And uh, shall we do it again? Oh, yeah. Next week, 730, Compton Politics. Uh, I think I'm speaking on uh, pharmaceutical drugs. Um, real powerful interview. You know, all y'all welcome to call in next week also. Uh, to be a part of the uh, uh, T25 family, uh, be able to stay in contact with us. Rosalind, how can they get in contact with us? Because we see some very important people on the line. 
Uh, we're looking kind of trying to do it like a church radio station, something like that at the same time. So if you're interested, just give us a call. Connect with Rosalind Mills uh, at T25CO.com, Galaxy Talk Radio, Talking Politics. Dr. Stewart, do you have any last words? Yes. I wanted to um, encourage the youth. Um, this is not the time to start slacking for those who just don't want to get it together. It's not the economy to do that either. Uh, this is just not the time. you got work to do, um, and it costs. And so you have to um, be able to sacrifice your time. Get, like the gentleman said, get off of social media. It's a waste of time. You know, you have things to do. You need to learn for yourself. Because they can take everything away from you. They can take you know, your house, your car, your backpack, your shoes, everything. But what they can never take from you is what's in your mind. Because what's in your mind, you can take all that and get it and then some. So you want to be able to get educated. You know, you need to know what your FICA score is. You need to know how to manage your money. You need to know what the difference is with a credit card. You need to understand about uh, what it is, what it means to use a credit card. What are loans? You need to understand understand those things. Um, I made it out of foster care. You can make it out of foster care and become a productive citizen in society. You will have hard times and hard nights. You're going to cry sometimes, but in the end, it's not about that. It's how you can help others to move forward, you know, move forward, heal and move forward. Um, you can reach me, like I said, um, on my LinkedIn, Latrika Stewart, or you can reach me via email. I do speaking engagements. I help motivational speaking, whatever you need. I'm there. I'm here to help. I'm here to help. All right. All right. Uh, also, Lorenzo, remember the movement that you and Lisa started a couple of weeks ago, the economic uh, revolution. And let's keep that in mind, too, whereas we're going to start supporting one another economically. And here at T25CL, what we have to offer is our music, our films, and we want to go on this movement, whereas we are supporting one another, and we are here on the T25CL platform. We want more listeners listening in to our music station. We want more listeners listening to all of our talk shows and also supporting our independent artists and T25CL by, by downloading uh, their, their music. And we're only talking small amounts of money, six, seven, eight, nine dollars and viewing movies for three, four, five dollars. And um, if we do this in numbers, you will see that we will start gaining our independence that we so desperately need because we can't go to Bank of America and Wells Fargo and Citibank and get million-dollar lines of credit. And so we're just depending on one another to support us and in our efforts so that we can continue to provide this platform for the benefit of all. So support T25CL, support the artists, and um, we're on this economic movement, and we want everything to start growing. We want more people calling in and, and getting to know T25CL a whole lot better. All right, all right. This company politics, T25CL.com. You can get the the app on your phone. You can go to T25CL.com, get the app on your phone, listen to 24-hour gospel, soul, semi-rap, rock, all this music is going to play just like Pandora, just like Spotify. Go to this black-owned company, not being biased or a hater. 
but I'm so proud of this being a black-owned company in America where we can do our own thing without no rules and no protocol. We set our own protocol up. I want to sign out. I want to thank everybody for calling in. You know what? I got to break it down with y'all. Five, four, three, two, one. Compton, Paula With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.